Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Las Cruces, New Mexico seems an unlikely spot for a religious liberty violation, but according to members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in that area, it is the perfect place. Here to bring us up to date on this matter is Todd McFarlane, Associate General Counsel of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Todd, what do we need to know about Las Cruces, New Mexico? Well, Charles, it's great to be with you today, and uh, thanks for having me on, and great to talk to you about this matter. No, you would think that a, a town that's named after the crosses, literally, yes. uh, you know, and, and clearly there is uh, some type of, of at least Christian background there, though there's actually an interesting story about how it got its name, would be a town that is open to churches and to religious liberty. Uh, but it turns out not so much. The city of Las Cruces, New Mexico, uh, earlier this year, sent a letter to our Spanish church down there, Las Cruces Spanish Seventh-day Adventist Church, uh -huh. telling them that they needed to go down to City Hall, fill out some paperwork, get a permit to have the church, pay a fee, and then wait for the uh, City Hall to get back to them, tell them where they can continue to operate as a church. This is a church that's already there and established and has been there for a number of years? It's been there for years. Oh. And not only has it been there for years, there's a lot of other churches there, too. For instance, we have both a... Uh, for lack of a better term, Anglo or Las Cruces First Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm -hmm. Do you think they got a notice? No, they did not. We also have a um, historically black church uh, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, that is run there by the church, Adventist Church, and they didn't get a letter either. And in fact, we did what's known as an uh, inspection for public records request, so we asked them for all the churches that had registered in the city of Las Cruces, which, by the way, according to the Yellow Pages, has well over about 120-some-odd churches listed in the Yellow Pages. Mm -hmm. We got back a list of about 10 Right. Uh, churches that have been registered. So this is not something that most communities do and not something that we think is necessary or is constitutional. We don't know what the motivating factor is. I mean, we do know uh, at this stage that, you know, the Spanish church got the request and the Anglo church didn't. Yeah. Interestingly, there's a Lutheran church that also meets within the Spanish church that didn't get a letter. So that, you know, <laughs> raises some red flags there. And we pled sort of a equal protection claim, yeah. and we'll see, yeah. you know, exactly what the city comes up with for its explanation. I suspect the city is not going to say, oh, yeah, we just sent this to the Spanish church and not the English one because of their ethnicity. I'm, I suspect they will try to come up with some racially <laughs> neutral reason why they sent it to one and not the other. And, and we'll have to, once they come up with that, look at the evidence, see whether or not that actually holds water or not. Yeah. But more importantly, I think, is the fact that, you know, they have this requirement at all because, you know, it's one thing for a city to have, you know, sort of health and safety requirements or even a zoning requirement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't put up your, you know, 2,000-member, you know, mega church that operates seven days a week, you know, in the middle of a residential neighborhood or, yeah. you know, arguably you, yeah. you could say that. You know, and the city should have some input on that. And you know, if it's a small street that can't support the traffic, there may be something to talk about there. But this isn't that. Mm -hmm. You could also argue that, you know, a even a church shouldn't be able to meet in a building where it's a fire hazard or the you know the roof is about to collapse on people i mean churches are not you know exempt from you know the laws of sure, nature and sure. from physics and from these health and safety requirements but again this law isn't that what this law says is that to meet and operate as a church and not all churches just some churches you have to 
be registered with them and get permission ahead of time. And, and the key that they have here is they say if a pastor is engaged in his calling or profession, and they have the word calling in there in addition to business and profession, and it clearly is intended to include nonprofits, which is interesting because they also say that a pastor has to get a permit for each place he engages in his calling. Huh. Well, if you start to think about that, pastors engage in the in the business <laughs> of ministry throughout a city. Everywhere. They may go to the yeah. hospital yeah. for you know, for, for hospital visitations. They may go to small group Bible studies during the week. They'll visit members and so forth. Uh, they may help someone on the side of the road, you know, taking up uh, the, you know, the Good Samaritan as an example. Uh, are they really supposed to get permits for all these different locations? And according to the ordinance, uh, that's how it reads. My. Well, okay, Las Cruces has not said why. They have not given you any kind of reason why they're doing this? Well, the lawsuit is very early on. We had some preliminary discussions with them, and they came up with some with a couple of reasons, none of which we think hold any water. Mm-hmm. First, they, they said, well, you know, our fire department needs to know where all the businesses are in town so we know where to uh, respond to. So, you know, <laughs> if there's a business that's a paint, you know, store or a factory yeah, and so yeah. forth, they may send different equipment than they would to a church or a home. Did you tell them just to go out and look at the church that's been there for 30 years? That would be one option. The other problem with this is that is the city fire department really consulting the business license <laughs> registry before, you know, sliding down the pole yeah, and really. the dog jumping on to go out and put out the fire? <laughs> uh, it's much more likely that they are responding, you know, based upon the area of town well, of and the type of building and, you know, they know where the factories are and so on. Yeah. So that's, that's the issue. The other thing that matters, too, is it's not connected to any particular type of building. So, yeah. for instance, you know, if it's a church meeting in a hotel, uh, you've got to get a permit there's some churches that meet because they don't have a place. They'll meet in you know hotel conference room each right, week, right. and so they'll um, they'll meet there. And you'd have to get a permit for there, even though you know the fire department presumably is familiar with the hotel and yeah. knows how to respond to it. So that that was one reason. The other reason that they gave was they said, well, you know, we have this ordinance that says that liquor licenses can't be uh, given within so many hundred feet of a church or a school. Mm-hmm. And we need to know where all the churches are, so when someone applies for a liquor license, we know to give them notice of whether or not we can give them the license or whether or not they need to get a waiver. You know, again, the problem with that is that that's fine if you need to know that, but A, you can just go look yes. when someone asks for a license uh, and look around. Google map the thing, for goodness right, sake. Right, exactly. The second of all, this is not purely a registration requirement. You also have to get permission back from the city. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple problems with that. The other thing that's probably the most obvious is most other communities in New Mexico, at least the major ones, have similar type of requirements, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say to get a liquor license, you can't be within so many hundred feet of a school or a church. They do not have a similar registration requirement. So if the city of Albuquerque can administer its ordinances uh, without making churches register, we think the city of Las Cruces can do that too. Well, we will keep our eye on this. This is incredible, and uh, I, I shouldn't laugh at it because it's a very serious matter, but sometimes some of the things you talk about, Todd McFarlane, on this program are just so out there that I just know that what they're saying and the reason they give for doing what they're doing is so out there, it just does not make sense, and it's actually humorous. No, you know, it is. And fortunately, uh, this is a case where, you know, our church is still meeting there. They're continuing to operate. I mean, they wanted them to fill this out. I mean, the the lawsuit will continue to go on, but the church will be able to continue to operate. So, I mean, the city has been reasonable in that sense. They haven't gone in there and tried to shut them down or kick them out. And and had had they have, or yet they haven't, uh, and had they have, we would have 
had to have gone to federal court and asked them to stop that until yeah. we could get this resolved. So, but you know, we were very surprised. I mean, we reached out to the city ahead of time. We sent them a letter, a couple letters, in fact, you know, explaining to them our concerns. The first letter was more simple and sort of basic. And the second letter, though, was quite detailed about our concerns. And, you know, we never heard back from the second letter. And there was just not really a willingness to give us an exemption. And they felt the ordinance was constitutional and have indicated they intend to defend it, which is their right. Yeah. You know, we'll go to court. We think we've got a strong claim, but, you know, they, they think otherwise. And that's why we have a court system. I will say this, though. I've checked around with a lot of other people in this area in the religious liberty community and other lawyers doing First Amendment freedom of religion work. I have never seen a community that has a similar type ordinance to this. Mm. Uh, and I've checked with a lot of our other church administrators in the, you know, in the United States, and none of them, to the best of my knowledge, are familiar with any other communities that have this type of requirement. You know, Las Cruces seems to be sort of out on its own. We definitely know it's on its own for the major towns in, in New Mexico are the four other larger towns. Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily wrong, but it does speak to the fact that if every other community in the United States or the vast majority of them are able to administer their ordinances without doing this, then why do they have to do this? Is it possible at all, Todd, to go over their heads in a situation like this? Can you go talk to somebody in the the capital of New Mexico and say, hey, down here in this little corner of your state, this strange thing is happening. Can you help us? You know, unfortunately, not really. This is a municipal ordinance. It was passed by the city of Las Cruces, the town council, and, you know, they, they have the authority to, you know, to pass this type of ordinance and require yeah. business registrations and so on. Is it theoretically possible that you could convince the New Mexico legislature to pass a law that says that cities and towns cannot require business license registrations for, you know, for churches and religious organizations? Yes. I mean, I think that the state of New Mexico passed such a law, but quite frankly, that process takes a long time and would require an act, you know, and the governor and so on. And we are much better off, you know, resorting to the courts than trying to get the legislature to pass this. And plus, the nice thing about, you know, if the courts rule on this, that it's unconstitutional, you know, that means you can't do it anywhere, no, uh, regardless no, of what the legislature no. says and would apply even outside of New Mexico. Okay, well, now, the other side of this coin is why don't they just go in and sign it? Just go down and register. Say, here I am, even though it's unconstitutional. Right, you know, and, and that's a good question because it's almost undisputable that in this one particular situation, the fee is, I think, 20 or $30. Yeah. And we're going to spend, a, we've already spent yes. more on that, yes. on attorney fees. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, as far as time invested, you know, in a full lawsuit versus doing the registration, you know, the registration would be quicker. And, you know, we, well, we don't know if the city of Las Cruces would grant us the permit or not, but all things being equal, there might be a high likelihood they would. But the reason we don't do this is because First of all, it's setting a, a very dangerous precedent. We as a church operate in countries around the world where you have to get a license or a permit to operate as a church, mm-hmm. a, a church registration. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen is once the state gets that power, the willingness to abuse it, mm-hmm. you know, is developed. Now, you know, maybe the town fathers and, you know, down there in Las Cruces would always be reasonable. But if they can do that, then other municipalities can. Right. And, you know, who knows what will happen 20, 30 years from now and you get on the wrong side of the government. We had a big issue in Hungary with the bus being deregistered. We just had a big problem in Cameroon with a similar type of registration requirement. And, and we've had these problems. You know, China's a big problem. Yes. We've had these problems around the world. At any place we've really had a registration requirement gives us a potential for problems in the government to say that we can 
there can't exist. And so we felt it was prudent that this is not a path we want to start going down and that it was better to fight this fight early on when it's in this one small community rather than let this idea and this policy get out of hand and cause us problems down the road. Okay. All right. Las Cruces, New Mexico. We will keep an eye on there. And Todd, you'll keep us up to date, right? Will do. Okay. Very good. Listener, I invite you to the libertymagazine.org website. You can find these programs. You can listen to them. You can share them with other people. Also, you can subscribe to Liberty Magazine because we need to be kept up to date on this. And these types of cases, these types of events that are happening around the world are highlighted in the magazine, each and every issue. And we need to watch this because as we have said on this program many times before, if we don't guard it, we are in a good position to lose it. And religious freedom is so important. I think we have said over and over again that one of the first things to go when a country goes down is its religious freedoms. And what follows after that is not pretty at all. That's at libertymagazine.org. Check it out. Todd McFarlane, Associate General Counsel of the Seventh Adventist Church. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Todd McFarlane inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.